Hello, friends, and welcome back to Fake It Till You Break It, a podcast that looks at all the issues surrounding fake news. I'm your host, Oliver Chinieri. Welcome back, wherever you're joining us from today. I hope you're having a pleasant Friday. I believe this is going out on Friday, so I'm going to say Friday. Um, Fake news. What a week we've had. Before I get into my opening thoughts, today's guest is going to be Beth Newell uh, of Reductress. She's super funny. We have a really awesome chat and I'm excited for you to hear it. Uh, we did face some technical difficulty, difficulties, but she was an absolute star, absolute champion, totally hung hung tight through all of those problems, and I think it turns out to be a really great episode, so you'll have to listen to the interview a little bit later, but I'd like to start off with some of my thoughts on the developments in fake news. Facebook took a lot of the heat following the 2016 election of fake news because it was dis- decided that they were the biggest perpetrators And this week, they took a massive step to correct that. If you don't know, now you know. This week, Facebook did away with the ability to modify link previews. Now, if you don't know shit about Facebook and you don't know shit about fake news, let me bring you up to speed real quick. Uh, Modifying link previews is basically when a user on Facebook can upload their own image, change the headline, change the subhead, and thereby perpetrate some fake news. So instead of having a ratchet image they might put a bbc breaking news news image in there uh they might put something that looks more realistic in there anything that's going to get you to click publishers do this all the time i used to study this what what were people more likely to click on what sort of colors were they more likely to engage on engage with so uh this is a huge deal basically um yeah no longer will you be able to post um links from less reputable websites or make it look like a more reputable destination. Facebook is doing away with that. So that is a step in the right direction. Um, another story that is kind of crackalacking right now. Katie Couric says fake news is tearing America apart at the seams. I must say she's not wrong. And uh, there's a quote in here that I want to call out. And um She says, I remember I got sent a lot of stories from friends who were quite educated and were like, did you see this? Couric tells the Daily News. And I would say, come on, you're kidding, right? This is BS. Um, Because as we've kind of discussed in circles on this podcast, there is an education gap uh, around the world. It's not just in America, but it is um, a sort of um, elite versus non-elite. Who's reading the Times? Who's not reading the Times? Who is going to, you're going to hear it. Like people, I've fallen for fake news. Everyone falls for fake news, but the degree to which you fall for it or the degree to which you're able to scrutinize a piece of fake news. Like I would have never clicked on something about Pizzagate without knowing like that was a fake scandal to begin with. And so I'm not duped by the uh, nonstop rollout of additional content to support this narrative that Pizzagate is a thing. Uh, Not everyone is so lucky, but Kirk is right in in one thing. And she says that uh, we, as in the media, are not doing a good enough job of breaking down complicated issues and helping people really understand them. If you rewind or like go back a few episodes, when I talk to Vime, we talk about a book called um, the Dumbing Down of American Democracy, uh, The Age of American Unreason by Susan Jacoby. And she explains that, that over several years, the media has tried to make very complex issues very easy to digest, and it's just not working. You can't <laughs> explain ISIS 
in three sentences as much as you would like to or the 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 sort of like um the development of ISIS if you will people just need to be better at explaining things and people need to be better at not just blatantly believing things but uh she makes another really good point which is that Americans are so divided that it's hard for us to come up with solutions and find commonalities and there's vitriol spilt spewed by both sides at people who disagree with them she is not wrong that is a real thing I personally find it's um, it's going to take a lot of work to find that middle ground because when you think about Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, people have put stakes in the ground and they are saying, nah, I don't believe your bullshit. You know, like basically Sean Hannity every night goes on telly and tries to rip Democrats apart and uh, expose the mainstream media which need i remind you he is indeed a part of um the the big wide conspiracy against trump and you know that goes out to a certain member of his base and they understand that and believe that and it's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy uh until you kind of correct the way the media is being distributed you're not really gonna solve this problem anyway today in really scary news Researchers have figured out how to fake news video with artificial intelligence. If you thought the rampant spread of text-based fake news was as bad as it could get, think again. Generating fake news videos that are undistinguishable from real ones is growing easier by the day. Well, thanks. That's exciting. A team of computer scientists at the University of Washington have used artificial intelligence to render visually convincing videos of Barack Obama saying things he's said before, but in a totally new context. Dun dun dun! Uh, in a paper published this month, the researchers explained their methodology using a neural network trained on 17 hours of footage of the former US president's weekly addresses, they were able to generate mouth shapes from arbitrary audio clips of Obama's voice. The shapes were then textured to photorealistic qualities and overlaid onto Obama's face in a different target video. Finally, the researchers retimed the target video to move Obama's body naturally to the rhythm of the new audio track. Yikes. That's from Quartz. This is scary only because we saw how bad fake news with texts was or with text-based fake news video fake news like someone could manipulate something i just see nothing but bad things with this and if americans can do it anybody else can do it so yeah let's all pray for the best hope for the worst i don't know what the hell i'm saying anymore i'm gonna take a break pay some bills and when we come back i'll be chatting to beth newell all about parody satire and fake news don't change that dial and you're not gonna give you a can, you can you stay remember some members of the media were engaged in deliberately false reporting then explain you did not answer our press secretary gave me alternative facts Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today's guest is an editor at Reductress, one of the authors of the incredible book, How to Win at Fem Feminism, and one of the hosts of the podcast, Mouth Time, Beth Newell. Welcome to the show, and how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. 
Are you loving these technical difficulties? Beth's being so kind. There have been so many technical challenges today, and she's been a champion through all of it. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, you. I've actually I've had worse technical difficulties on a podcast before, and I had I had one where I feel like we recorded like twenty minutes of the show, and then they were like, "Oh, we didn't get any of that," and uh, <laughs> that Stop. was uh, that was worse. <laughs> that that's like to me is like. No, hell no. I, I yeah. would die. Um, and I'm look, I'm looking at the levels. All the levels are working, so I'm smiling like a idiot. Um, anyhow, this is a podcast about fake news, and so whenever I have guests on, uh, the first thing I like to do is ask them if they've got any um, relevant stories or funny bits about fake news. So do you have anything you could share with us? Um, funnily enough, I actually recently was tricked by a fake news story, which... I consider myself pretty savvy when it comes to fake news, but um, uh, we, as we often say at Rectress when we're talking about fake news is that people believe what they want to believe. And uh, I guess I encountered a story I really wanted to believe, which was a story about how uh, women absorb the DNA of the sperm that they come in contact with. <laughs> um, and uh, I will say in my defense, um, for some reason this fake news story was like well researched and backed up with actual scientific studies they they referenced real studies and then they just tweaked a little bit of the conclusion of those studies but um in the real news in the in the real scientific study they did find dna in women's brains that w did not belong to them and the uh natural conclusion would be that it's from um the pregnancies that those women have carried and the children that they've carried but some of the dna actually did not belong to their children or and some of the women involved did not have any children so we still don't know that it might be from sperm um so i'm kind of sticking to that as my defense <laughs> you believe the news you want to believe this yeah. is it this is I how really, it goes i really want to believe that women are superhuman mutants that absorb <laughs> DNA of everyone we come in contact with. <laughs> There's still hope. We don't know. We don't know. We'll yeah. find out. Um, <laughs> um, I've got to ask this question. Is this real news or is this fake news? Um, is it true that you gave back, uh, gave birth in the back seat of your car? And did you, if it is true, did you get a free car out of the deal? So that's mostly true. I, gave birth in the backseat of my sister's car. And mm. we, the reason we were driving her car to the hospital is because our car was undrivable and basically being uh, put to pasture. So we, uh, so I, uh, as a joke, I tweeted at Honda who, uh, and asked for a free car. And um, a Honda dealership in Brooklyn actually offered us a free three-year lease on a car as a result. So uh, that's true. And uh, I got called out on the internet a lot by people thinking I was lying um, because I'm a comedian and I run the website yeah. Redactress. Um, but I was like, I, I was sort of offended by that because I was like, we don't do fake news and we we don't do we don't do pranks. That's not really our, our style. It's <laughs> not your yeah, like a uh, woman pranks husband into proposal. Like yeah, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't really fit. Like um, woman has fake pregnancy to get car. Mm, no, you have a child. It's real. Uh, yeah, I love that. That's not really my style of humor. <laughs> <laughs> just jokes. Just maybe True just... TV is looking for a new 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 market. You can come in handy. 
Yeah, um, I'll call the show Beth Tells Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Look, someone will buy that show, Beth. Don't joke. Yeah. Someone will buy that show. This is the climate we live in now. People constantly want to be told that they were pranking. This is uh, this is not a, a lie. I was at um, the Spectator Party in London last night, which is this massive party that uh, conservatives kind of run. It's a conservative paper. And there was this guy, and I immediately knew what he was doing. So... Was I standing very close to his May? Yes. The Prime Minister of the UK? Yes. And um, this bloke, you know he's like up to some stunts because of A, how he's dressed. Like everyone there is pretty much suited and booted. Like it's politicians mostly and journalists and people of that nature. This guy already looks like he's kind of like funky. Something's up with him. And he does that thing where he he's clearly recording video, but he looks up to her and goes, will you take a picture with me? And now I see that it's recording video because pictures don't keep moving. You know what I mean? Like it's right. just, it, it goes, that that little line doesn't show up. And so he's he's like doing this thing where he's like, I'm going to get deported because of Brexit. So I immediately like, oh, this is a, totally a stunt happening. A stunt is happening. And everyone is slowly not doing anything because British people hate confrontation. And so everyone's just like, mm, that's nice. Yes, yes. No, you're not going to get deported. Someone's like, thank you so much for participating in this conversation. And they try and stop it a couple of ways. And finally, someone just like cuts in. And blocks his view and obviously he takes the hint and leaves. But he got a few other people at the party in these sort of antics. And it's like, there's a market for that. And I don't know why, but I think it's because people are constantly out to believe that people are doing shit like that, where they're really just people out there stunting on other people. But clearly <laughs> people are also having babies in the back of cars. It's not so unbelievable. Um, anyway, that was just my <laughs> political aside from the from the week where I did witness a stunt take place. That's so um, funny. I'm very impressed that you were able to get into such a fancy party. Yes. I What I do is I just make myself, I just walk into places with purpose. No, uh, my, my company I, was actually meant to be there. And so I oh, got cool. to be there. I'm impressed that the prime minister is just out at parties because I feel like that doesn't really happen here in our no. country. But we have like these long-standing traditions and so this has been like a tradition dating back for years and years and years and so it's sort of like the prime minister and uh, some senior cabinet members they come in the back door they stay for a little bit then they leave some people stay for a long bit uh it depends on the sort of life you're living but she was pretty great she well great in the sense that she didn't like get pissed and like fall on her face like she stood there had a glass of water and then she left you know the way, the way that our president would have <laughs> well i mean if trump were to attend a party like that immediately there were several um, women who were there and they were all dressed very nicely so I imagine just looking at Trump and knowing his history the potential that would have had f to go sideways very quickly um, did you but, did you see he was just caught on film yes. um, telling the uh, first French lady of France yes. yeah um, yeah I think it's just you know when someone shows you who they are just believe who they are that's my motto I think Maya Angelou might have coined that phrase but I, I stick to it in the sense that we already know Trump is this gross chauvinistic misogynistic dude who just can't control himself he did it with the uh, the Irish journalist as well when um, there was an attractive Irish journalist in the room when he was meeting with the Prime Minister or speaking to the Prime Minister of Ireland on the phone and um, or the president, excuse me. And uh, 
he was like, who's this journalist? Come here, come here. And he like singled her out and was like, I bet she goes easy on you in the press. She's nice to look at. It's like, gross. Oh, yeah. You're the, he you're the president. He her over, which yes. is so, such a disgusting, sleazy yes. move to be like, totally. come here, sweetie. I'm going to yeah. compliment your legs. Yeah, yeah, no one, newsflash, in 2017, no woman needs you to address them and their body. Like, that's not what they're about. Um, but thank you. But what's insane to me is, like, none of these incidents are even, like, news stories at this point because the bar <laughs> is just so low. It's like... I know. Uh, you almost long for the days where, like, um, uh, what was that bloke's name that had his, his whole thing shut down because he went, yeah, Howard Dean. I always forget it, and then I have to do the sound effect, and then I get it. Oh, Howard Dean. Howard Dean's entire political career basically came to a grinding halt because he said, yeah, weird. You know, Donald <laughs> Trump has been on tape uh, talking about sexual... I, I just think basically the, the American news cycle is dominated by the Russia story, so nothing else will ever break through. I'm convinced of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also, the standard for Republicans is like way lower than Democrats, in my opinion, because it's like if a if a Democrat like looks at another woman who's not his wife, they're going to jump all over it. But then they're more than happy to elect a man who's like thrice divorced. You know what I mean? Let me tell you, I'm doing an entire comedy show at the Fringe Festival this year about this. So uh, just a quick segue into plugging that, uh, because it really is quite depressing to recognize how partisan politics have kind of ruined America. But that's at the Fringe at the end of August. If you care to see me, you should look up my website. But it is a nice segue into today's topical story, which is that um, someone has created a fake news video game. Donald Trump has inspired a fake news video game. It's designed by some creative agency called ISL. Never heard of them again or before. Never mind again. And the whole purpose is to boost your news literacy and prove how easy it is to get taken into misleading or fake stories. So, Beth, this might have helped you maybe if you would have seen it a few weeks ago. And I've got to say, I downloaded it and I played it. It's called Fake News The Game. Uh, You can't get more explicit than that. And it's got that sort of like old school NES vibe to it. Like that's how um, the graphics and the interface right down to when you finish and you go to input your name for the score. It's like the three initials situation. And um, it, I didn't do very well, which is surprising because some <laughs> of the some of the stories seem deliberately not fake. Does that make sense? Where it was like, mm, shark does something to man in Florida. And I'm like, mm, Florida and shark. Yeah, I, I'll take that. And it turns out it's like a real story. So some of the fake <laughs> stories that I thought would or some of the stories I thought were definitely fake were actually true, which is how this, these things always go. Yeah, I the thing that uh, catches me off guard now is that you know like some of the fake news is not like it's not even trying to make a point it's just trying to get any kind of random clicks based of based off like seo like you know sharks florida just like random keywords so you're like it wouldn't occur to you that it's fake news because it's not like it's a political agenda behind it or anything you're just right who like, stands to gain from this story no yeah, one like, except why would you do this <laughs> um i'm starting to understand more and more that like a lot of these fake news um sites are explicitly set up with the purpose of generating ad revenue and i think that's a place that people need to look to when it's time to um you know, figure out how they stop allowing it. Like, I mean, think about it. As long as you can set up a Squarespace site and design it to look 
like kind of official enough. I mean, I guess this is a nice segue into the first sort of chunk of story that dives into parody and um, fake news. So if you would, before I dive into it, will you just kind of sum up for people that may not be familiar with Reductress what it is you guys do? Because I want to explain how it differs from fake news. Sure. Uh, so Reductress is a satirical women's magazine. So we're sort of like the onion meets cosmopolitan um, and we're satirizing women's media. Perfect. So uh, an ideal headline would be something like uh, uh, how to be a lady in the streets and a haunted clock tower in the sheets. <laughs> I love it. So, so very, very clearly, very like, like you guys don't even play that it's fake. But what's so funny is it's almost like believable where you're like, oh, yeah, that is what it feels like, you know, like where it's like, <laughs> I think I read a reductress headline once that was something like, um, the 69 ways you need to please your man, but with like, but fruit or something, you know, like something where you're like, oh yeah, this is right. Like this is the story that women get told over and over and over again. But here's the twist. Here's the, here's the thing that like makes you chuckle because you're like, oh right, you're not really sticking a <laughs> banana up someone's ass, but maybe you are, I don't know. But um, for the most part, it, it feels like there's usually something in the headline or in the image or in the subhead that definitely gives it away where it's like, there's nothing like pretending to be real about what you guys do. Like it is straight up satire. Yeah, we're definitely trying not to do anything that would be confused as real. And we're definitely not the type of site that like wants to get clicks based off of people thinking it's real, but it does occasionally happen. Um, like I said earlier about people seeing things they want to believe. It's like <laughs> if we, if we put the word liberal in the title or like fe- if we if we put feminist in the title and have like a feminist woman character people will believe no matter what the joke is that it's real because they nice. hate feminists you know <laughs> yes and liberals so i'm noticing a trend in that vein yeah. and so what's funny is this you know it's not fake news it's satire this uh, article appeared in the guardian a few months ago and it's basically the title is as fake news takes over Facebook feeds, many are taking satire as fact. And the example that the, uh, the the journalist kind of highlighted was this guy named Robert. He didn't list his last name, which was already kind of like weird. Um, and he created this site, which is called Real News Right Now, to apparently satire news. Um, and one of the stories he created was that 250,000 Syrian refugees would be housed at native American reservations, um, but the joke was lost on everybody, including people like Sean Hannity, who immediately <laughs> then started broadcasting this as fact. And then next thing you know, Donald Trump is tweeting about it. So, what do you think? What do you think it is that distinguishes satire from fake news? Because this guy doesn't get it. Right. Well, I mean, satire—you would be, you know, exaggerating exaggerating reality to make a point or, you know, emphasizing one aspect of something to, to the level of absurdity. And, um, you know, we always say when, when we're pitching ideas, sometimes a, a headline like that, we would say that's too inventy. You're just inventing something that happened. That's not, if it was satire, it would be playing on some sort of actual event, uh, in reality and sort of like heightening, the 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 real version of events for comedic effect so um 
I, I think it's funny Which that is the something, mask- if we're being real, that you get taught. If you, like, take a sketch writing class or if you take, um, if you read a fucking book on satire, this is something that gets pointed out to you. Um, because what right. I th- the point I think I'm trying to make is that a lot of people think they can just make stories up and call it satire. Like, satire has to satirize something, right? Like, that's the point. Right. So this guy being like, hmm... What do people hate right now? Syrian refugees. What do people also kind of hate? Mm, Native Americans. Okay, let me combine both of those things into this one massive thing that people will hate and totally click on. Um, and I think the Guardian uh, journalist does a nice job of dancing around the fact that this guy didn't really write satire. But he didn't come out and say, this is shit satire. He was just basically like, the humor was lost everywhere. Like, it, there was nothing yeah. funny about it. There's um, no humor there. I think... I think it's funny that that guy even tries to call himself satire because I'm I'm guessing he's never taken any comedy classes or really practiced any comedy. <laughs> uh, yeah, because there's usually the un the unusual thing, which is the funny thing, and he, there is no unusual thing in his in anything he's doing. Right. If um, there's if there's a joke there, it's simply that he hates immigrants and. And Native Americans? I don't know. <laughs> no, you know what's also weird is in his defense of how he was promoting this as satire, he's like, well, look at the about page. Like, he's made up a fictional journalist of the year award based on an actual journalist who was, like, you know, reprimanded for running fake stories or stuff. But that's so, like, far removed. No one gives a shit because in our culture and in the way we move today, no one's going back to check um what that award is no one's googling that award they see that someone has won an award and they're like "Mm, good enough for me um so fuck that guy but um why do you think people uh in a space i've got a few thoughts on it but i'm curious to hear why you think people confuse satire and fake news or with fake news um i mean there's a lot of reasons i think um I mean, for example, um, with the fact that our website in particular has a little bit of a liberal bias, and if we put anything liberal-sounding or feminist in an article, people immediately just want to discredit us. So even though we're not trying to promote any like lies, there's going to be people who are just like, they hate us, therefore they call us fake news. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, uh, I, I think also it's people are dumb and then they feel like they've been tricked even though we weren't trying to trick them in the first place so they get defensive and then they call satire fake news because they want to believe they're purposefully being tricked um but yeah i don't know i i think the problem was that i mean the the accidental problem is that you know sites like the onion would get misconstrued as real and at a certain point, someone realized that that generates a lot of traffic. And so therefore, they just started making fake news. Um, and so it's, there's there's now so many more fake news sites than there are satire sites, it feels like. Yes, exactly. And like it's even the, the interesting you brought up The Onion. There's also Clickhole, right, which was a spinoff. Sorry, I just thought someone was trying to like get into my bedroom. Like, what do you want? Um, the the what's so interesting about what you've just brought up is that there is this site, this Tumblr, basically dedicated to kind of capturing people falling for the the onion or for clickbait headlines, where it's like 
you want this stuff to be true and i think it, it falls back to like people's biases like what they you know like kind of what you said like i love the line about reductress it's like fake news is the news you want to believe is real right it's it's that of like people are out there cringing like just waiting on pins and needles to get a story that's like immigrants are taking over all factory jobs you know under obama right that is it and someone writes that because they know it's a powder keg and it generates virality there were all these macedonian uh during the 2016 election there were all these macedonian pro-trump blogs and they had tried to do pro-liberal blogs but they just didn't work because they spotted the fake news immediately so they realized um hmm these people don't seem so smart or whatever it is i don't want to call anyone dumb but there is something that enables people to get duped by fake news and to even bring in your example like what duped you was this medical scientific like actual <laughs> research which would have been kind of fucking cool had it been true um so you know yeah i think it's not like it's not that people are inherently dumb i think it's a lack of media literacy or literacy in general that's just um you know causing people to go for the easy answer and i think especially in our country the the um, cable news cycle has really uh, been in people's faces, and I think they've gotten into the habit of like viewing the news in this very simple, digestible way that they mm -hmm. they don't feel like they have to go out of their way at all to like find the facts, verify anything. Yeah, um, and I think and, you're right. And like you were saying about Sean Hannity, it's like he's picking up that fake fake news story and then disseminating it. So if our if our actual news sources, like quote unquote journalists, are not always doing a much better job than the fake news, then why would someone be able to tell the difference between the two? It's true, and media literacy is is something where as people read less, and you know the internet was great for a ton of people, but there are a ton of people that don't understand. You know, I was talking to someone recently who explained to me that their grandparents didn't understand that just because they read it on a computer didn't mean it was true, and that blew <laughs> my mind. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, oh yeah, man, I'll just check Snopes.com, I'll just like verify that with Polizifact, and. I have that like tool chest, right? Where I'm like able to, you know, like do some lightweight research to verify whether something is real. Sometimes when I read a story where I'm like, mm, let me just triple check that because the last thing I want to do is read and then tweet or Facebook and then have it be like, actually, motherfucker, you are played. That's fake news, you know? And so <laughs> instinctively, but there's a ton of other people that don't operate with that mindset and don't operate with that tool chest so they're going well i read hillary clinton murdered 26 people herself so i'm just gonna share that on facebook <laughs> and that's my fact that's real right. i'm i'm taking it as real because sean hannity's on tv as you've mentioned kind of alluding to something or other in that vein and that's it everything aligns perfectly it's fucking nuts right and i think in, in people's defense, the average American shouldn't have to do so much research to verify that their news sources are true. It should be journalists that are putting out accurate information. And I, I, in some ways, I think people on the left could do a better job of putting that information out there in a more digestible way so that people don't feel like they have to read like 10 articles to yeah. wrap their head around one story. Um, You're right. But, but yeah, it, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's you, yeah. It's the format. I think is hard. Uh, there's a funny story. Um, 
I think Discovery Channel does these like they've done these like fake documentary style shows where they did one on mermaids and it's sort of set up like a cable news show like as almost almost like a special investigatory like uh, episode about how mermaids are real and all these people have seen mermaids and they have fake footage of mermaids and (laughs) multiple people in my family my grandmother they thought the show was real and it it was really hard to talk them out of it because the the format (laughs) The format was so factual. Documentary, yeah. Yeah, it's documentary style. And uh, it's funny, my, all my family lives basically on the ocean. So y- you would think that they would have some sense of the fact that, like, this isn't a thing and no one has been talking <laughs> about this. But, uh, you know, again, you want to believe something's believe- true. Yeah, and that's rough. And you know what? Fuck Discovery Channel because you are a documentary style station. You guys don't do fake shit. Like your whole right. thing is like, wow, check out this fucking indigenous species of whatever we found. Like, you know, like you're not meant to be like, hey guys, you know what? This fake news thing's taking off. Let's um let's get a documentary about mermaids. Maybe you guys want to do that mockumentary? You think we can break into that? Yeah, guys, you're not. But stay in your lane. I have this saying where I get very angry and I tell people to stay in their lane because that is not your zone. But you see what I mean? Like, it's right. innocent people that get swept up in it. Um, and it's well, all in it, the name. It's funny because it wasn't even scripted to be funny, you know? And oh everyone thinks they're a comedian now. And this like is everyone, worse. Um, everyone wants to write comedy. Yeah, I mean... Thank you, Amy Schumer, for opening the doors for everybody. No, I'm kidding. Like, Amy Schumer's great. Um, But it is that thing of, like, guys, if women can do comedy so well, why can't we? And you can't do comedy well. Like, these people are trained professionals. I just want to remind you. Um, But this is a great segue into this other thing, which is that um, I don't know how familiar you are with parody accounts, um, but this is kind of like a lesson in when parody accounts and reporting go wrong. So... The Daily Beast, usually pretty good. Daily Beast uh, earlier this year fell for uh, basically this 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 hoax, this Twitter hoax, and I'm finding it something that's cropping up more and more because these these parody accounts are usually of credible people or of news sources, but more and more credible people and credible news sources are falling for these parody accounts. It really is a double-edged sword. So the Daily Beast basically. F- falsely reported that a um, pair of white supremacists had been the perpetrators of a mass shooting at a Quebec mosque. And it's pretty egregious because when you look at the Reuters fake account, which tweeted this, um, not only is breaking spelled wrong, like there's a bunch of things in the Twitter handle that are spelled wrong. The only thing that is right is the logo. And even the logo is like downloaded from not a great source. So it's a bit blurry. Um, and it's just kind of to me like, what is, is this just journalists being lazy? Because if you look at the account, you can quickly pick up, there's no blue check mark. The, the, just Clicking twice, you would have known that was a fake tweet. But someone in their haste was like, oh, shit, white supremacists, (laughs) fuck this mosque up, let's run it. Like, no one checked this? Yeah, well, I think um, when news is sort of, like, breaking like that, it's it's when people become extra susceptible because I think, like, comedians are making jokes on Twitter, people are making fake screenshots, and uh, the... 
the websites, they want to get the news out there as quickly as possible and they want to be on the cutting edge of like what's happening. So I think people do rush too quickly to get something up on the site, you know? Um, but I, I've noticed too, like, like Twitter is kind of a hard place to figure that stuff out because people will like repost screenshots of different things. And this week there was, um, that quote of, uh, Donald Trump, there's been a couple, uh, Oh, there was like, there was Donald Trump Jr.'s emails. And then there yes. was Donald Trump's quote about how the wall should be transparent and people are th- throwing cocaine over the wall or whatever. But <laughs> in, in both instances, I had this immediate reaction of like, Oh, this is like a Photoshopped version of, of the this story. Thing. But then it was the real thing. And I traced it back to like the New York times. And I was like, yes, you, you don't know anymore what's happening. No, and it's, I think you're right. And I want to ask this question, which is, what do you think makes a good parody account? Because, or what what do you think is worthy of a parody account? Because what I'm noticing more and more is that people, whether you want to call them trolls, whether you want to call them just people that are out there to like, just fuck with people, more and more of these, like, you know, it was funny when it was like, fake Mike Pence and you would tweet something ridiculous and be like, haha, that's something he could say. But then people started to seize on these fake accounts and be like, Mike Pence is a car, you know, like whatever, <laughs> insert something here. So what do you think is a, a, a funny way to do parody accounts or what, what even justifies a parody account these days? Well, I mean, the thing about comedy is <laughs> that it's you're it's supposed to be clear you're supposed to have clarity people should know they're seeing and hearing a joke immediately like you don't if you've taken an improv class they'll say like don't be coy there's no mm-hmm. dancing around the fact that it's a joke it should very clearly be a joke right off the bat and i think um if you look at that account that's like um fake bernie sanders i can't remember the name of it but you know he'll he'll tweet in all caps and he'll say something like the bears are coming or you know like <laughs> just like insane old man stuff that you know is not actual bernie yes. sanders right um so yeah i think that's the first rule of comedy basically is like <laughs> you be should coy. be clearly making jokes <laughs> yeah it's like don't don't stop a, I don't think any news account, unless you're doing like, okay, so let me pitch you my idea. Okay. CNN, but it's not CNN. You know how everyone's like Clinton News Network, like CNN is the Clinton News Network, like, okay, mm-hmm. fake news. Then do that. Like run a CNN parody account where it's all fake news about Clintons or where it's all jokes about like, you know what I mean? Like that way, it's not like you're tweeting about fishermen in alaska and some like lame fake story where it's all over the place and people could quickly susceptible you know gullible people could be like oh that seems right that that's a real cnn account like make it a theme have it be clear have it be have there be jokes maybe that's a great place to start (laughs) because there's a lot of these things where i myself find myself being like oh no you've just been got like oh my god you know because i follow like um who was it that what's that guy he's got glasses and he's on um msnbc youngish guy god not not fuck chris something (laughs) fuck whatever anyway Uh... he had he had retweeted something and i was like ooh shit that's taking off you know because as soon as it gets into you you know how twitter's divided into little subcategories right we've got black twitter as a thing we've got political twitter as a thing we've got like korean pop musician stuff as a thing like justin b like there are all these like 
areas of Twitter that exist, and never do the two really intersect. But when two of those converge, it like is insane. So, <laughs> you know, like fake stories about Harry Styles, for instance. Like, whoa, you don't even you don't even know what that looks like, right? Because it's like <laughs> an insane next level thing. But I think the thing about parody is it just needs to be you just identify it like i love when i follow a parody account and it's like parody account of x you know run by z that to me is like be above board have it be clear and 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 concise and um also stop trying to enter the fray and confuse people basically because i think that's the number one way people get got is like when mike pence does something in the news like touch that thing and then he like tweets out from the fake account being like um no bitches well he would never say that but he'd be like no i did not touch the nasa thing and then people are like using that retweet being like see i told you you didn't do it it's photoshopped it's like guys this is the problem like also i you mentioned it kind of a, a moment ago but everyone these days has access to photoshop and at least knows how to do some basic work and if we're being real like photoshop keeps making it easy and easier to like um you know crop someone's head out or make quick uh quick edit so it it really is that thing i feel your pain of like having to source donald jr's emails back to the new york times because when i saw it that was the first thing i said too i was like "Mm -mm. the someone has printed someone went into microsoft word and typed this nonsense because what the fuck my email doesn't look like this Uh, well someone someone called out in a tweet that the subject line was literally russia clinton and yeah and then and it was like private I don't know. It was like, do not share no, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, confidential. Confidential. And it was just so absurd that that is the reality. Hillary uh, Clinton's communications director from the campaign literally tweeted, if someone would have sent me that email, I would have just assumed it was a setup, like a trap, because it was just so clearly set up. Like, it's like, mark for your <laughs> eyes only secret information about donald trump you know it's like what like it's too good someone from the clinton campaign was like this email is basically what we thought was going on with the trump campaign except it's like the snl sketch version of it like (laughs) it's so absurd yeah it's okay so the speaking of the new york times this is a nice segue I, i keep saying nice segue that's like my phrase of the day so just deal with it people sorry um it's a thin line between russian propaganda and parody so um something everyone should read it takes you like four seconds it's 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 from the new york times and the title is how russian propaganda spread from a parody website to fox news and it's really just a short synopsis from the times uh which should be required reading for everyone because it clearly shows you how what starts as um i guess you could call it russian parody then becomes scare propaganda on fox news and so just taking you through it, let's say a real event kind of happened in 2014, like the Russian planes kind of flew close to American warship or some shit like that, and it was kind of a thing, but then it just went away, like it was not a big deal at all. And then fast forward a few more years, some guy right on a Russian parody website writes this made-up Russian version of this attack from the point of view of an American who's writing a letter to his wife or his lover to be like wow it's really scary the the russians possess this technology that like just rendered us incapable that then gets shared to facebook several years later 
then that goes on Russian TV, where Russian <laughs> TV then inserts a made-up quote from a U.S. Air, Ge- Air Force general, which then hops the pond, comes to the U.K., gets passed around the sun and other, like, gossip rags, which then goes to foxnews.com, only there... In the reprinted article, they only hint at the skepticism. Everyone else is clear to be like, hmm, we don't know about these sources. We don't know about this whole thing. Seems like the Russians could have made it up. But Fox News is like, nope, here's the story. We're running with it. Fuck all the (laughs) references to the fact that it could be made up. We're just telling you it's fact. And that's how, if you think about it, oh, and uh, the New York Times also (laughs) throws some shade at the end of the story where these stories uh, are circulated by conspiracy theorists, websites, and far-fringe groups on the left and right. And that, to me, kind of sums it all up, especially with fake news. It's like once something is seized on and then repurposed and then redistributed, it's like we live in an age where I can find something anyone wrote years ago, repurpose it, put a new spin on it, and if it's sensational enough, it'll get some traction. And if it gets enough traction, thanks to tools like CrowdTangle, where people like track what's trending, other people start writing about that same thing, and sometimes their journalistic ethical standards are not up to code, and so we get more fake news from real news outlets. Yeah, it's crazy, but I think uh, in an attempt to like dispel the idea that we're living in some sort of like dark age of technology, I would say like this like game of telephone aspect of the news, I think has probably always been happening with people not fully sourcing uh, their stories. And like, for example, I don't know if you've ever been interviewed by like a local newspaper or any publication, but um, between myself and my friends, when that's happened, I've seen a lot of like accidental facts make their way into stories just about the most inane details of the New York comedy scene. Um, And anyway, my point is, uh, I think people have been doing this for years and years. And it's like, isn't this how we like end up in wars? It's like Mm -hmm. that we, we pretend that like the Lusitania was bombed or whatever. Um, so, I mean, it's scary because obviously, uh, the Trump campaign could like latch onto anything at any moment. And they're definitely going to be looking for distractions as this Russia story blows up. But hopefully, hopefully there's enough real information out there to dispel this stuff now. Yeah. And to weather the storm. I think that's the thing is when your instinct is telling you to like grasp at something else that is just fleeting, it's like, maybe just buckle down and, and pay attention. I think for me, something that I've done as opposed to kind of like live in the sort of, like you've said, like the 24 hour news cycle. Um, I will say it's different here in the UK. Obviously there are 24 hour news programs. I don't want to give you that, the misinterpretation. We've got CNN International, we've got um, Sky News. Like we've got these sites that just do nothing but news all day. But for me, I moved back and was like, oh, I can read a book. I can go for a walk. I can watch Netflix all day. I can, tune into news once a day and so for me that's sort of it it's like i'll read and i kind of make myself not like engage in twitter or news until i'm like on the train going to work or till i'm like out of the house uh, because then it doesn't become like a death spiral where you're just sort of like clicking on links reading more things clicking to other things it's just like okay you can you can regulate your consumption and you can you can always just take a break yeah i I haven't I haven't had cable TV in years, so I tr- I mostly get my news from the internet, and uh, 
that helps. And I definitely try to uh, moderate the amount of news I consume. But uh, when if I'm at the airport or at my parents' house and cable news is on, it is sort of like a punch in the face of like, wow, this is the news that people are getting. <laughs> you insane. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because insane. it's like a constant. And it's also like, it's almost like um, background noise, but you're absorbing that background noise. Like, it's not just like, you know, something, a sound bite might crop up and that might seize your attention, right? Like, oh, that's it. And, you know, back to doing what you're doing. And that's how people pass news off in like little snippets where it's like, did you guys hear about mermaids that are living off the coast of Maine? <laughs> right. And you're going, what? And it's like, yeah, Bob, I, I, I heard something about it yesterday. I think it was on the news. And it's like, mm, it wasn't on the news. It was on Discovery. And it was a documentary. <laughs> Even better. My point is, you know, it's that sort of thing yeah. where it's like, holy well, shit. The crazy thing to me about like, cable news is that it's so incendiary. And the littlest story, you know, like some teacher in the middle of nowhere could have done some bad thing. But the story just becomes that we should all be terrified for our children at all <laughs> times. And, you know, it's just like... Yes. It, it tries to create a big news event out of every little well, story. Well, it's all about sensationalism now because um, the media has ruined, basically, advertising and media consumption have ruined news coverage for forever. And we can thank OJ for that, <laughs> which I think is a great stopping point before I go down my s sort of OJ spiral. Um, <laughs> so you can follow Beth on Twitter at Beth Newell. Um, or you is it yeah is that it's right? It's Beth New. Beth, Beth -W. New. Yep. Okay, that's correct. So fucking up already. <laughs> and you can follow Reductress at Reductress, spelled just the way it sounds. Um, uh, can you? Is there anything you want to plug beyond the book uh, or the podcast? Can you tell us anything that you're up to? Anything that you want people to check out? Um, that's about it. Yeah, check out the book How to Win Feminism and the Mouth Time podcast. I've got to wreck the book is the funniest fucking thing ever. Like, so fun fact, I moved from America at the, the um, November 21st, literally after the election, I was just couldn't deal. And <laughs> I brought with me five books in total. So I had I was one of those book people who had a massive library of books. I brought five books with me in total on how to win at feminism is one of them. So that's oh, how much I, I believe in the book. You should definitely check it out. Don't illegally download it. Please buy it. Um, support local artists. Um, Beth, thank you so much for taking the time and for really persevering through these technical challenges. It's going to be worth it because the audio is definitely recording this time. Great. Thanks for having me. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com.